G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A question that we might ask, especially when you have a family growing up in this very fast-changing world. How do you leave a lasting legacy for your children, passing on your own story of how God has transformed your life and given you your sense of purpose and meaning? Well, our next guest decided to tell her story for her family by writing it down in book form. Wendy Boniface is a regular listener to this program and a while back Wendy called in and mentioned she's written a book. Well, our opportunity today to unpack some of Wendy's story. Wendy, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much. Wendy, you've written your book mainly for your family, leaving that spiritual legacy, but you realise that this is so beneficial that others might well want to actually catch some of those things that have happened in your life. That's true. My book is called um, A Tale of Ten Towns because I've lived in ten different towns. over. They've all been in New South Wales, apart from one in overseas in Nottingham. But um, each my town has had a different part of my spiritual story and, and being an ex-English teacher it just satisfied me immensely to see my life as a book that um, uh, with each town having a different chapter that showed God's redemptive story throughout that that's why I called it a, tale, a journey of, for redemption yeah it showed his, his redemptive story all the way through it from the beginning right to right to where I am now at 71 so and writing as you say former school teacher this sort of comes easy to you and so writing your story putting it in book form something that sort of flows naturally for you well yes but it was still challenging trying to remember what it was like being 18 and 20 and 30 but the amazing thing was this is part of the miracle for me for, for this book was I'd had damaged my back and I wasn't able to do anything for quite some months um, just after I retired we moved into a new house in casino and I and I couldn't do very much at all and, and my daughter prompted me she said mum why not write your story and so I thought I'd yep what a good opportunity I've got that many things to say but how am I going to remember them all but you know each day as I was waking up to to write that particular part it was as if the Lord just opened up that page of my life for me. And, you know, I know we've got a book in heaven. Maybe you just said, okay, this is your page for today. This is what happened. And please write it, write it down. It was just incredible how I remembered it all. We accumulate wisdom. And the older we get, the more wisdom that's there. I appreciate when you say, uh, try to remember how you were feeling back when you were 18 years of age and then passing yeah. that on. Well, you can easily lose that. But if you're reflecting back to being, let's Let's settle on age 18. What was yeah. life for you at that time? Because that's a pretty dynamic time in our lives. Lots of things changing, growing from those teenage years into adulthood. How do you remember being 18? Well, I remember 18 as being full of adventure. My life was, I was just leaving school. I got a scholarship to go to university and I was going to be a teacher and I was going to take the world by storm, you know, ready to, and yeah, you know, I've been a Christian, you know, for some years as, 
in a nominal Christianity and I'd been a Sunday school teacher. But I was determined that I wasn't going to lose my faith and I was I saw the um you know, the, the radicals on T V at the time because this was during the Vietnam era. And I thought, no, I'm not going to be like that. Aren't they disgusting? And and I was determined to keep my faith and determined to stay conservative. But at 18, within three weeks at university, I'd lost my faith. Um, a philosophy student came over to my room and talked me out of God in, in, in two hours. And consequently, everything changed. Between 18 and 19, I had become a total atheist. And it was quite bizarre, the changes that happened in me at that time. And your story, I know you describe it a little bit like the story of the prodigal son in the Gospels, but uh, the prodigal Wendy, how did that whole journey come about? Because when you're in university, you you were attracted away by a whole lot of different uh, ideological positions. You really began to even embrace atheism. I was a total atheist because the fellow that had talked me out of God had been a, an ex-Catholic who had become very disillusioned with the system and he um, more or less compared you know, the bad side that he had seen in, in Catholicism um, with Christianity and so I more or less believed it as well although that hadn't been my denomination. But um, yeah, I was just struggling to... Um, I, then I had to struggle to find out what, how, how to live my new life because without the Ten Commandments and without all the things I'd learnt before, I just had to work out a whole new system of living. It was quite interesting to, you know, to see the way, looking back on it now, to see the way I had to change bit by bit until eventually, you know, eventually I reached the stage where it wasn't enough for me and I became an agnostic. I thought, no, there's got to be something there. And then eventually I ended up in, in the new age by the age of about 20, 21. And I was having seances and things like that because I realized that there was something else out there other than, than just nothing. <laughs> so that was the, the progression until, you know, eventually I began progressing towards God as time went on. But not, that, not at that age, though. So embracing atheism, but not only that, all sorts of... Uh Eastern type of mystical religious experience, searching for something and discovering that in that was an emptiness and even no doubt a a sort of a pessimism about life. So what is it that leads you out of that and towards, as you say, towards understanding God? What happened was that I ended up being, I ended up by the time I had my third child on, on the way, I was so depressed that I couldn't, I just couldn't handle it because the first two used to fight all the time. There was noise and I was stressed the whole time and there was no one to pray to. I mean, imagine you and I both pray every day, no matter what we do, probably. And that's the way most Christians are, but no one to pray to when you're feeling down and all you can do is drink and smoke. And it's a terrible way of living, and especially for someone, you know. But I, because I believe God had my hand on me the whole, His hand on me the whole time, and especially when you know you do belong to God, and there, you know, He's He's got He's calling you back, and so that was what, that was how it went downhill. And I was so depressed, and you know, I was almost ready to to, to finish it all. I won't say I would have ever committed suicide, but I was ready to give it all in, and that was the point that I said, you know, okay, okay God, if there is a God out there. Um, I need help. And from that day on, he began to put people in my path. And, and bit by bit, you know, I gradually headed towards God again in an amazing way, really. I mean, that's part of the story as well.
how it happened. Do you think that prayer is just as powerful today as it was when you prayed it? Uh, you know, uh, these days there yeah. could be so many distractions, even more. And the way that we're seduced away from our faith and towards all of those things that are part of a sinful nature, we might say, uh, those yeah. are pretty, pretty troubling for so many people today. But that same prayer, do you think that works the same today as it did for you back then? Well, do you know what I was? I imagine God sitting in heaven waiting for his people, his prodigals, because I knew I was a prodigal by that stage. I imagined that he was sitting in heaven waiting for his prodigals. And as soon as he heard one word, he only needed help. Anything turning towards him at that stage. And then he began to put people in my path. And I saw all these people, of course. And I actually, I pray for people today when they're going through all this stress and strain that they are, that when they reach that stage of total emptiness, that they will also cry out to God and God will be there waiting because that's, he's such a good loving father and he doesn't want anyone to be lost, as we know. Now, Wendy, 41 born-again years later, and you've got now four decades as the prodigal who's come home and you're a believer and you've gone through all sorts of even challenging times, no doubt, over those four decades. But those are 41 born-again years of understanding what it is to have purpose, to know meaning, to know and have personal relationship with Christ. Uh, you wouldn't want to go back to those early days, would you? I would not indeed, but that's one of the reasons I wrote the book because I really would love to see young people reading it even, you know, maybe grandparents buying it for their grandchildren because I have made it interesting, but just so that they could say, hey, it's not worth it what you go through. You know, I had to go through a broken marriage. I had to go through depression. I had to go through so many terrible things as a result of my, you know, consequences of what I had done, even though I, you know, in the world's eyes, I hadn't done anything wrong. But I know in God's eyes, I was certainly not, um, I wasn't living the way he wanted me to live. And, and that's why I really wanted people to, to read the book. I was actually even had a vision of it being put on a, a Christian university um, um, page as a, a, an autobiography to read so that they could say, hey, these are consequences, because I made sure I pointed out the consequences, not just for me, but others I saw when they had turned away from God as well. Um, and, you know, the bad things that happened to them, and that, they weren't caused by God. I'd never, ever said that. But they were consequences of, um, of the sinful life that I had been in, I'd been part of. There are consequences to the things we believe. Now, Wendy, uh, you became a pastor's wife and a pastor yourself in country yes. towns. And uh, you were, of course, the title of your book is called A Tale of Ten Towns. A lot of accumulated wisdom just in different communities that you've lived in. Yeah, and one of the most interesting ones actually was the one when I was overseas in Nottingham because um, I don't know whether you've heard of J. John the, the Evangelist, but yeah. soon after I became a Christian, I I actually had I went over to England for a job exchange at the time and ended up meeting J. John um, just because I offered myself to God. And I said, God, what can I do for you while I'm over here? And uh, of all things, I was introduced to J. John at the church I was at, and, and he wanted someone to organize his trip around Australia, and I got to organize his first trip around Australia, <laughs> which was just bizarre. You know, I'd only been two years saved by that time, but but, but God, um, you know, he just decided he'd, he'd treat me to it, and I loved doing it, and J. John enjoyed it as well, and we've been best friends ever since, so... Well, you've been a school teacher, pastor's wife and pastor, a scripture teacher in many towns over 35 years. You edited a Christian magazine called Northern Aflame. 
a Christian bookstore manager in Ballina for five years. You were a school chaplain and also, of course, uh, you've written three books and two poetry books, but this one we're talking about today is called A Tale of Ten Towns and it's Wendy sharing her story, a legacy that she's passing on to her family, but she realises that the things that she's lived have much wider application and uh, to many families and many individuals who might be searching for that sort of meaning and that sort of way that they can uh, turn their lives around. A Tale of Ten Towns, you can pre-order your copy because the book is about to be released. And you can also be in touch with Wendy, who's offering a PDF copy of her book at wendywords at outlook.com. Wendywords at outlook.com. You can be directly in touch with Wendy ahead of the launch of A Tale of Ten Towns. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts about your prodigal life and uh, here on 2020. That's my pleasure. Can I finish with a scripture that I, yes. I find is very important for being 71 years old? And it's Psalm 71, and it's verse 17. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I'm old and grey-headed, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. So to me, I thought that was very appropriate scripture, being 71 and all, Psalm 71. So great way to finish. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Wendy Words at Outlook.com. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.